Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Scott Gibson Show. I, of course, I'm uh, Scott Gibson. Who else would I fucking be? I mean, let's be honest. You know, who else would I be? If I could be anybody, who would I be? Don't know. Can't think. I'd just be. I'd just be me. You know, life isn't it great. It's uh, you know, it's it's life. It's no um. It's not terrible. You know, it's no, uh, hey, it's no, it's no, it's no Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. People, uh, somebody said actually last week in a conversation, they went, I bet you even Jeff Bezos has, has bad days with mental health. Fuck off. More money, I was going to say more money in a sense, literally more money than some countries. Uh, you know, so I think, listen, mental health is a serious thing. I suffer from it. I imagine if you listen to this podcast, you, in your own way, suffer from some kind of me- mental health issues. You know, I mean, the way the world is now, man, it's impossible. No, I suffer from it, you know? And an odd twist of fate. If you are if you are someone who doesn't have uh, some form of mental illness, you're probably mentally ill. 
We we are the normal ones. We are. <laughs> we are the normal ones now. Oh, as anxiety-ridden, depressed eggs, we are the ones who will inherit the earth. Because let's be honest, right? My generation, 80s babies, the greatest generation that's ever existed, the the ones before us, the old people, the ones that made it to the ripe old ages. Now, I'm talking about, you know, like when I was a child. And back when I was young, if you made it to 65, you were a fucking ancient old cunt. Nowadays, you get 60-year-olds having wains. Out fucking riding in nightclubs. You know, 60s fuck all now. But when I was young, 65 was, if you were six, if you made it to 65 in Scotland, Jesus, fuck, you get the key to a city. But my point being, those who lasted past retirement age and well past it, you know, those who, like, government officials were coming into their house because they thought somebody was fucking diddling their pensions. You know, that's happened before when people would, uh, people would brutally and violently murder. Uh, not that I'm saying... Uh, you should uh, violently or brutally. Uh, can can you murder somebody violently without being brutal? Do the two go hand in hand? Uh, let's turn that lamp off for a start. Um, people were vi- um, murdering pensioners and then continuing to claim their pension. Now, I am not saying that you should be murdering pensioners. But I am saying that if you were an old person in Scotland who lived past the age of, let's say, oh, I don't know, 74... Uh, you know, you were probably flagged on a government system. And they would have came around to see, are you indeed uh, a living uh, tea bag, or are you, in fact, a uh, fertiliser in the back garden? Um, my point being, though, that the, the vast majority of people who made it into their late 70s and 80s, dare I say 90s, from the old times, were bitter cunts. Angry Better bastards. Now, some of you might be listening going, my grandparents, Gibble, were lovely people full of joy and happiness. They went to church. They were involved in the coffee mornings. They fostered children. Uh, my grandmother would crochet small blankets for Filipino pygmies. And uh, they were just really happy people until they died peacefully in their beds. And I would say that they are the exception to the rule because every rule has exceptions. Every rule has exceptions, but my point being the vast majority of people who used to live into an old ripe old age, uh, particularly in Scotland, possibly the rest of the United Kingdom, were better old guns. Now, how do you tie that back to mental health? I don't know. We've gone down a bit of a cul-de-sac. I'm going to do a three-point turn and turn this back around to the original conversation. Mental health is a hot potato once again. It's been spoken about left, right and centre. Uh, it's in the Olympics, for God's sake. Have I watched any Olympics? Have I fuck? Because it's boring. Right? It's boring. And if you don't... If you don't agree that the Olympics is boring... Have you seen the uh, the, the swimmer? Uh, Dildo, Dildo, Dally, Daly, Tomboy. Uh, the, the sexy wee twink. Nothing. Knitting. Watching his sport, the sport he's in, probably knows the cunts. He knows the fuckers diving, swimming. He knows them. Cannonball. Also, not not one person throws a cannonball in there, just for a laugh. 
I don't know how it works. I imagine they get three attempts, you know, like most Olympic sports, and it's their highest scores over the three puts them through. So you're telling me if you fucking nail it on the first one, you go, I'm guaranteed through the next round, your next two dives aren't going to be cannonballs. Disgraceful. Anyway, fucking sitting knitting. Sitting knitting, watching it. What other sport... If you were a, 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 a an athlete, a team player involved in the game, would you be sitting watching? And yet it's so fucking boring that you can sit and knit. And not only can you sit and knit, you're not going to be judged for it. You're going to be congratulated. That's how that's how far we've come as a country, rightly or wrongly. That a young gay man sitting knitting, watching swimming, is suddenly something that deserves a pat in the back. What the fuck is going on? If this is what the Olympics is serving up now, just cancel it. Just cancel it. Just end it. Who cares? Nobody cares. Just end it. I was reading the day. I, honestly, I haven't watched one bit of the Olympics, right? Now, you may be listening to this going, Gibble, you're wrong. There was an occasion... In the fucking, uh, the, the doodah, when the beep beep, and the, the thingamabob, and oh my god, it was magical. I don't, I don't know, right? And I don't care. This is the beauty of podcasting. This is the beauty of the modern world. I can pass broad, sweeping statements and opinions on things I know fuck all about. Haven't watched any of it. Haven't watched the running. I don't even know if the running's on yet. Right? Because when I think of the Olympics, I think track and field. That's it. I certainly don't think... I lie. Do you know what? I lie. I was flicking through the channels and a bit of the skateboarding come up. And can I just say this? It was fucking boring. It was fucking boring. There was no, there was any tricks. Somebody went over a, a like a, a... What looked like a... It looked to me like a speed bump. A speed bump. Is that the level we're at with the Olympics? This young uh, person, woman, man, I don't know what they were. They, they all look the same. She's a cat, a baseball cap on and, and uh, trainers. I don't know what she was. Or he. Who knows? Uh, Japanese, hunk. Or one of the other Asian countries. I don't know. That's how little I cared. Went over a speed bump. Uh, jumped up onto something that looked like an old fucking uh, bench you got in PE. And then jumped off. And then uh, turned around. And the commentators were talking as if they kind of just fucking done three somersaults near on fire and caught a pigeon mid-flight. And as they landed, the pigeon sang Rocket Man Felton John and then flew off. That was the level of excitement that these commentators were giving. I'm going, am I watching something else? Because that was fucking garbage. Do I think that skateboarding and all the new stuff that's in the Olympics should be in there? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think football should be in there either. It's not, it's not an Olympic sport. Or rugby for that matter. Don't care. I can barely tolerate the fucking water stuff. Right? Their own and the fuck. I, I, I can barely tolerate that. I don't even think I should be there. If I'm being honest. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I should be there. And I, I understand the arguments that the Olympic Committee, whoever the fuck they are, are having to think up new ways to engage a new audience in the hope that people will continue to get excited about the Olympics. And do you know what? See if that is the case, just let it die, man. Just let it end. Just let it end. 
where do we get this this sense that everything must last forever? It doesn't have to. Things can end. Life will move on. If there is not skateboarding or BMXing or fucking canoeing or kayaking or whatever the fuck it is, if these things don't exist in the Olympics, they will still exist in life. No one fucking cares. I certainly don't care. What I would like to see is, I'd like to see the Olympic Committee making some aggressive changes to the Olympics. I'd like to see more extreme violence brought into the Olympics. I'd like to see an element of life and death brought into the Olympics. I'd like to see all those athletes who don't make the podium, I'd like to see them shot. Shot and killed. That's what I would like to see. If you finish fourth in the 100 metres, you get a bolt gun to the back of the neck. I would enjoy that and I would watch it. And I think that that's fair and reasonable. I don't think I'm being unreasonable. I don't think I'm being slightly out of touch. I know that I am laughing now, but I'm deadly serious when I say athletes who don't win a medal should be shot and killed. They have been funded to the tits to get to that point. Four years, at this point, five years of training funded by taxpayers' money. And I think after those five years of being funded and you still don't win a medal, I think you should be shot. And listen, there's always one or two, like I said earlier on with the whole fucking bitter grandparents, there's an exception to every rule. There was a news story out about uh, some athlete who had to work a part-time job to fund himself. Great. Now, if they then win a gold medal, I would shoot the silver and bronze because I would say not only is this fucker beating you, he also had to go and get a part-time job, so bang, bang, you're dead. Start bringing in some form of life and death. Right, and if if there's a loophole that they they they, they say they can't assassinate athletes, then bring animals in, okay? Have the hundred meter sprint. Once they get to the twenty meter mark, they release a, a cheetah or a lion, right? But you don't release the lion behind them. You release the lion at the finish line, so it's coming towards them. So it's a bit more exciting, okay? Or listen, sticking to what we know the now. We're all fucking still dealing with COVID. Let's give ev- every... Here, we've, we fucking nailed this. This is why we workshop these things. This is why we workshop these things. We're 12 minutes into a podcast and already we've got a better idea for the Olympics. Every single athlete who is appearing at the Olympics on day one of accreditation, when they turn up to get their pass and their fucking cardboard bed and their box of Johnnies and show to their fuck dungeon... After they are settled in, a member of the Olympic Committee comes around and injects them with a virus. Okay? And if they win a medal, they are given the antidote to that virus. And if they don't win a medal, they fucking die. Brilliant! What, what more encouragement do you need? We've got athletes pulling out with uh, mental health issues left, right and centre. You know? Which is which is deeply serious. 
But then, and then all of a sudden decided to come back. I mean, there's question marks being raised. My issue has always been around, and we're going after one here. What? Listen, what, it wasn't even on my list. Olympics wasn't even on my list. Do you want to know what's on my list? Mangoes. We'll talk about that in a minute. COVID restrictions, vaccine passport, uh, and a new highway, uh, uh, the highway code changes for fucking cyclists. Olympics isn't even on it. But well, here we are, talking about Olympics. I have got a real problem with the funding that goes into Olympics. I do. And I, I could be completely wrong, and I'm willing to listen to any arguments, discussions, concerns from either side. I would say this, though, and hear me out. There are so many problems in this country. It's unreal. So many. So many. And I do believe there are far better ways in which we could direct money from the public purse other than funding Olympians. And I know there's the argument that money comes from the lottery, but again, I would say that more that money that comes from the National Lottery could be spent in far better ways than funding Olympians. My other issue comes from when the certain Olympians or certain Olympic athletes finish their career and go on to have extremely, extremely high-profile media careers or they become very, very financially successful in the private sector. I do think there should be something in the Olympic contract that says if they, certain, if they hit a certain threshold, money has to be paid back. Just like your student loan. Right? The argument for the student loan is that it is funding your future and if you get to a certain threshold financially, you have to repay that loan. Now, obviously, we all know that it's really just a, a, a ball and chain around the ankle so the Tory government can hold you responsible for decisions you made, like when you should be buying books for your student loan but you buy fucking 18 rounds of a pub and a lightsaber. Okay? I do think that anybody who is funded to train, uh, to go to the Olympics, I do think that money should be paid back if they are able to. Olympians who then go on and do public speaking uh, dates at fucking 20 grand a pop, these fuckers should be made to pay back the money. I think I think that's why, I, I've never understood why, I mean, I, I mean I'm saying that, but I do, I know, I know exactly why, because it's, it's myself, it's my thoughts. I've always had a real, I mean, I've got a real anger with most things, but I have always had an anger towards Olympians, British athletes. I do because I don't, it just, none of it is worthwhile. None of it. And I know the, the argument of, but it might get some people out there and get them dead healthy and all that. Fuck, fuck off. What is the Olympic? I'm asking, I'm asking myself questions I don't know, and I'm sitting here in front of fucking Google, who knows everything. Uh... British Olympic, British Olympic, I mean, what would you put in? Costs, British Olympic, funding, funding costs. Let's see what that brings up. I want to know, I want to know how much money has been spent on this. Uh, how UK sports funding works. Hold on, here we go here, here we go here. This is from the 18th of December, 20. 
20, right, which would have been before Accept the Cookies, bring on, UK Sports outlines plans for a £352 million investment in the Olympic. Are you fucking kidding me on? Investment for all athletes for the Tokyo Games have been protected. Plans unveiled to enable Britain to become more successful in more sports. Who cares? Increased number of sports, 43, to receive funding from funding in more than ever before on a world-class programme. New progression funding for seven sports to uncover champions of tomorrow as part of a 12-year approach to delivering success, including climbing, skateboarding, basketball and surfing. Who fucking cares, man? Who cares? Who who care, who genuinely in this country cares about climbing, skateboarding, basketball, or surfing? No one. And we're going to increase our spend to three hundred and fifty-two million. I know, I know, I'm sitting in a room talking to myself currently at this moment in time, but I am genuinely amazed by some of this stuff. I am amazed by some of the money. That is spoken about for the Olympic Committee. We have just come off the back of fucking everything that Marcus Rashford has done to feed children. To feed, I mean, am I losing my mind? Feed children. Starving children. Who are unable to feed themselves, unable to maintain, not even a, a fucking health, just about, just to keep the fuckers going when they're not in school. But we're happy to spend three hundred and fifty-two million on some fucker to go and climb a wall, skateboard, or run in Tokyo. I mean, come on! I can't, I can't believe that. I honestly can't believe that. How much does you? How much does UK sport funding? And invest in events through the gold event series. UK Sports will invest over twenty-seven million pounds in national lottery funding to help support the bidding and staging of major international sports events in the UK up to two thousand nineteen. So this is stuff for the past. How are Olympic athletes funded? Let's oh, not give me the words. Don't care. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Sorry, I'm just reading. I'm just reading some of this. I don't even know why. I don't even know how we got into the Olympics. I really don't. But it's um. I do. I do think something needs to be addressed. But I, I get it that they had the Olympics in London and it kind of grabbed the the nation and everybody was suddenly becoming all. Oh, I want. I want to be an Olympian. No, stop it. Is it is it odd that it feels as if everything that's happened with COVID, that nothing has changed in the sense of, as soon as we are able to go back to, kind of the old way of life or the old way of thinking, everything just returns to the way it was. There's never really been a discussion around the Olympics. There's never been a discussion around withdrawing, or not having athletes in every sports. Almost as if the Olympics is like the fucking, it's like the new war zone, or it's like the the um, the fucking space race with the the cosmonauts and the fucking Yankee Doodle Dandies. It's as if Britain feels like it has to represent the world, or we have to be the biggest and best. And you're never going to be the biggest and best ever because you know why? Because there's no there's no fear of failure. There's nothing. 
There was an article out, in fact, let me see, I don't know if I saved it on my phone. There was an article out the other day for two uh, poor fucking Chinese athletes that I think they won silver or bronze and they were told that they were a disgrace to the nation because they never won gold. Where's that kind of statement for the Britons? Where's that level of aggression coming from the British media? Even for the, the American gymnasts who pulled out, like I said, because citing mental health issues, that's fine. No one knows, none of us will ever understand the level of pressure that these people are under. Fair enough. But if you're pulling out because of mental health, as someone who has experienced currently dealing with mental health issues, it is debilitating. So if you're pulling out, pack your bags, fucking dismantle your cardboard bed, take your johnnies, and fuck off home. You don't hang about for a couple of days having a party with your pals and then decide, oh, do you know what, I'm going to come back in again and compete in this one because it's dead easy and I'm pure brilliant. Get bent. Where is this? Fuck it, I never saved it. Why do I save shit and then don't save the things I want to talk about? I don't even know. I don't even know what competition it was in. I think it was gymnastics, but I don't know. But there was a... There was two Chinese athletes who basically didn't win gold and they were told that they were, they were a disgrace to their country. And I thought, they're fucking brutal, the Chinese man. But that is why they've poisoned us all and they're going to take over the world. I don't know if you've been watching them. I really don't. I don't know if you've watched the Olympics. I don't know if, you've, if you're enjoying it. It certainly doesn't feel as if it should have gone ahead. It certainly feels as if they should have just cancelled it completely and moved on. Everything feels very rushed. Everything feels as if it's a, a sense of it has to have gone on because of COVID. It didn't need to go ahead. I don't think any of us really care. Even last year when they came out and said like, the Tokyo Olympics has been postponed, I was like, I didn't even fucking know the Olympics was still going. The other thing that the Olympics is, is having as well is the amount of fucking protests that are happening. Jesus wept. You had uh, civilians, people, the people of Tokyo. Japanese people were gone mad. They didn't even want it. The fucking people who were hosting it didn't even want the Olympics. And we've got to get excited about it. Claire Balding flinging out sexual innuendos about some swimmer's fucking cock. Third leg, whatever she called it. That's the level we're getting to. The biggest news stories to come from this Olympics is not people beating world records. It is not people competing. It's not fucking trans women weightlifters who can't lift the weight of a bag of fucking sugar. It is Claire Balding calling somebody's swimmer. That is a fucking fantastic third leg you've got there. Sorry, Claire. I'm sorry I meant your cock. What a fucking bobby on you. I mean, I'm not even going to go down. I'm not even, I'm not even going to discuss the transgender weightlifter, right? Because... She's a fucking joke. But I tell you right now, my granny, I could dig my granny up and the woman could lift more than 67 kilograms. <laughs> 60. See, when I saw the, the, the first trans weightlifter, when I saw a picture, it looks like Barry Feastenders, right? But when I saw him, I thought, well, he's just going to fucking smash a gold medal and probably do 200 kilos more than the next woman. This is completely unfair. Certain sports... The way that men, male and female bodies are designed is different. There needs to be some kind of legislation for which trans athletes can compete in certain things. And then I find out the fucker can't even lift 67 kilos. Looks as if he's snatched with an act tight. Nah, I mean, my man. <laughs> so we have a protest left, right and centre. Um, they have had... 
What's this one here? The International Olympic Committee, the IOC, is investigating an act of protest undertaken by Team USA athlete during a medal ceremony at the Tokyo Games on Saturday. That's Saturday just gone. And more demonstrations possible in the coming days. Raven Saunders, what a name. 25 US shot putter who won silver. Oh, you're lucky you survived the bolt gun. Raised her hands and crossed them in an X while posing for a photo on the medal podium. Moments later, US fencer middle class uh, in modern race em- put your teeth in Scott you can read a name US fencer race em- Bowden. Can can we just remember years ago when the UK controlled America Right, and then America went a bit kind of mad, and they were fighting the Apaches and the Indians, and they got guns and stuff, and they then they kind of had this decision: we want to be our own country, and we're going to rise up, and they they obviously had the uh, civil war, uh, in which the Americans won. I, I I would say, I would say, I would dare I even suggest, uh, everything they've gone through with Trump, and even this moment in time with Sleepy Joe Biden, who I actually think has died. And uh, any public appearance is AI. I don't think the man's alive anymore. I think America is crying out. I don't... I think America is like a teenager who left home. The, the Civil War was a teenager at 16, 17, 18 who, who left home under a, under a grey cloud. There was an argument with the parents being the UK and they stormed off. They got their own flat in a really shitty bit of town. Uh, you know, they dabbled with some drugs, they had a few parties, they thought they were independent, you know, because occasionally they would, they would wash their socks. But but now I think America is at that stage where it really just wants to come home and get itself clean. You know, it really, it really just needs to come back home, apologise for the mistakes it's made and allow the United Kingdom to, to just look after it again, to raise it, to, 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 to clear, maybe clear its debt, you know. Teach you to dress properly again, uh, how to use a knife and fork, uh, how to talk properly, how to you know use the Queen's English. Things like, just just sort it out, get it prepared for adulthood, and then let it go again. I think that to me, that is what America is crying out for. Because when you start calling children Raven or Race, I mean Race is an actual first name, R A C E, Race. What's your name, mate? Race. I beg your pardon, Race. As in, like, like a race. Yes, like a you know a hundred meter sprint, like a race. Your parents called you race. Yeah, they did. I and this is my pal Raven. Raven. Raven's actually your first name. Yeah, it's not a nickname. No, no, it's my name. It's your surname, Saunders. Your name's Raven Saunders. Yep, that's right. Something needs to be done, man. Something needs to be done. I think I think America is crying out to be ruled. One. You know, maybe that's maybe that's where we're at. Maybe that's where we are at. Maybe we need to get the empire back. <laughs> maybe, maybe the UK, under the leadership of fucking Boris Johnson, we need to get the empire back together. We need to turn up. We need to fucking you know burn burn some huts, you know kick some dirt. We need we need to cause cause a bit of mischief again, right? And uh, fucking get some spices back. Get the old tea roots running and fucking mix things up again. Maybe that's what we need. I do think America needs to come home.
We need somebody to look after it for a wee bit. Fucking morons. I can't believe something's called Race. Race. Uh, race. Race. Race in Bowden. Uh, won bronze. Lucky. Survived. Uh, in the foil event, whatever that is, which took place in a separate venue. Of course it did. Uh, while accepting his medal, uh, in Bowden appeared to flash a circled X on his hand. Oh, cheeky. Uh, Saunders told the New York Times that a handful of Team USA athletes formed a plan over the past few weeks to use the X symbol as their way of protesting Saunders named Bowden, um, who has not commented publicly on the protest uh, as one of those athletes, but did not identify any others. US hammer thrower Gwen Berry has indicated that she will protest in Tokyo. Protests on a podium uh, is a human right. Berry said in Times 100 interview, it is not for the IOC to decide. I mean, I think that if you are, uh, especially if you experience everything that's going on just now with the uh, BLM movement and certainly the racism that's in not only America, but, you know, arguably every other fucking country in the world, especially in the UK. I mean, I would say that if you are in a, if you are in a position to, uh, you know, to, to make a statement or to protest it, especially something like you know, the Olympics thing, you, you probably should do it, you know, if you, if you, if you believe in a movement of any backbone, then you should do it, the argument then comes in, and I said about funding things like, that. if you are funded through a, a public purse, and you are requested not to uh, protest, then should your funding be, I don't know, it shouldn't stop you from doing it, I think if you're, I think if your decision to protest anything is based on uh, financial gain or loss, and I, I think you're not true to the, the protest in the first place. But for someone like the IOC, and, and in particular the Tokyo, the Tokyo Olympics, the Tokyo, it's, it's a different Olympics altogether, but the Tokyo Olympics who have apparently come down hard on people protesting, they seem to have protest left and centre. In fact, there's the, the, the judo. I mean, the fucking judo, for God's sake, I forgot all about that. There's, there's two fighters already have uh, pulled out, that's what she said, pulled out of the Olympics. Refusing to fight um, the Israeli competitor because of protest. This, this is their stance over protests of what's happening in uh, in Palestine. Let me get that news story up. Second judo fighter quits Tokyo Games rather than face Israeli competitor. Twenty eight year old. Ma oh, this is going to be a good one for names. Listen, I have always feared names. <laughs> I've always feared names. See, whenever I was emceeing, it was like a new act night. And I'd be reading names for the first time. I would, I would just hope and pray that there wasn't any difficult names in it because I would always get people's names wrong. Twenty-eight-year-old Muhammad. That's easy. Ad Dal Rasul. Let me read that again. Twenty-eight-year-old Muhammad Ad Rasul of Sudan didn't show up for his fight against Butbul. I beg your pardon. That can't be. That can't be his name. That can't be his name. The Israeli fighter's called Butbul. B U T B U N. Bubble, bubble, bubble. No, Arsko. <laughs> His name's Arsko, bubble. 28 year old Mohammed uh, Adels, Ad, Adaral Sol of Sudan didn't show up for his fight against Bubble uh, this morning, July 26, a few days ago, despite having weighed in on weight earlier on. Uh, Feti Narun of Algeria also dropped out of the Olympics last week due to the fact he may have to fight Butbul. While it appears as if he may be following Nurin's lead, Abdarasul is yet to comment on why he withdrew himself from the fight. 
The International Jiu-Jitsu Federation and Sudanese Olympic officials are yet to give a statement on Adarasso's withdrawal. Narun, however, stated he dropped out as a way of protesting Israel's treatment of people in Palestine. The 30-year-old judo um, made the announcement alongside his coach last Thursday, July 22nd, telling an Algerian news channel he didn't want to get his hands dirty and therefore felt that dropping out of the Olympics was the right thing to do. Uh, Nureen continued, We have worked hard to qualify for the Games, but the Palestine cause is bigger than all that. My position is consistent on the Palestine issue, and I reject normalisation, and if it costs me that absence from the Olympic Games, God will compensate. I mean, that's a real stance. That's a real statement. Removing yourself from it because, and I quote, you don't want to get your hands dirty, as a protest for how the uh, the Israelis have treated Palestine. Now, there could be an argument to say if you are a fucking mentalist jiu-jitsu, then you probably would want to get your hands dirty, i.e. if you had a chance to come up against the Israeli, uh, go in there and kick fuck him. Get yourself disqualified for battering his face and then at the end go, well, that's my protest for the Palestines. Meanwhile, uh, Nuru's coach, uh, Amir Beercliffe, said on Friday, we were not lucky with the draw. We got an Israeli opponent and that's why we had to retire. We made the right decision. Nureen was suspended by the International Judo Federation, the IJF, on Saturday the 24th. As a result, uh, the Guardian uh, branded Ben Keefe and Nuru's decision as in total opposition to its philosophy. Nureen was originally due to face Adabarazol in the opening round of the men's th- 73 kilos. Uh, 73 kilos, the uh, trans uh, weightlifter couldn't lift you boys. Got the mail online, the victory of the fight will then face Bubble. Due to both dropping out, uh, Bubble subsequently advanced to the round of 16 without a fight. He went on to be beaten by Canada's... Yeah, Canada's not got a problem with kicking fuck out Israel. Canada's Arthur Magelden, however, who then advanced to one of the two bronze medal fights. There you go. Protest left, right and centre, man. People no willing to fight Israeli competitors. People protesting on the podium. Tom Daly knitting. Trans fucking weightlifters that can't lift a bag of sugar. It's all happening. It is all happening. We weren't even going to talk about the fucking Olympics. And now we're 35 minutes in. And all we spoke about is the fucking Olympics. How do we go off on these tangents? We started talking about better old pensioners. And here we are talking about Tom Daly knitting. Sometimes this podcast, I just don't know. I just don't know. We bit of COVID news because it just wouldn't be a normal day without discussing COVID, would it? Um, good news and bad news. Good news. Uh, record number of deaths. That's right, baby. We're back. 138 deaths recorded on uh, Tuesday which was the 3rd of August, highest since the middle of March. Um, confirmed cases are also up. So, good to know. If you had 138 deaths on your bingo card, congratulations, you've won a box of Ferrero Rocher. Uh, other good news, uh, fucking uh, Sturgeon's, uh, she's gone full full lockdown, full, full ease, full lift, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> she's basically had enough. And um, all restrictions are set to be lifted in Scotland. Now, I'll be honest with you. 
I don't know what restrictions are left, uh, but they're all might be lifted. I, for one, and I, I'll say it, I, I want the, um, I want the the mass to go. I'm 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 done with the mass now. Fed up with it. I'm too many times I'm forgetting to take in a shop, and then I've got to go back to the car and get a mask, and then go back at the shop. It's happened too many times. I am. I'm I'm just done with it. I'll still wear it if I have to. Of course, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm just saying I'm I'm done. I'm annoyed. I don't like the fact that if I walk to a restaurant or a cafe, I need to put my mask on to walk through the front door, and then I take my mask off. I don't like that. You know, and I'm just done with. But we'll see. I imagine masks will be here for quite some time yet. I, I, I can fully imagine that masks is just part of life now. You know, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But hey, I'll do what I'm told. Uh, this article from the Metro, our good friends at the uh, shite newspaper, the Metro, free for a reason. Scotland to have COVID lockdown on Monday and end level systems. I believe this will be obviously Monday coming. Um, rather than Monday just gone, Scotland will remove most of its remaining coronavirus restrictions from Monday, as been confirmed First Minister Nicola Sturgeon told a meeting of MSPs today. The country will end the use of its level system from Monday, as was previously planned. While outlining how Scotland would move forward in the pandemic, Ms Sturgeon warned the pandemic is not over. She said this change is significant and hard-earned. The sacrifices everyone has made over the past year and a half can never be overstated. However, while the move will restore a substantial degree of normality, it is important to be clear that it does not signal the end of the pandemic or a return to life exactly as we knew it before COVID struck. Declaring freedom from sorry freedom from or victory over this virus is premature. The harm the virus can do, uh, including through the impact of long COVID, should not be underestimated. Long COVID is a new is a new thing. Long COVID is the new thing, and I don't I don't really know if people are. Obviously, I mean, there's only so much research can be done, but I don't think enough people are aware of. I don't think enough of us are aware of how that impacts people and just how much, if someone is suffering from this long COVID, how debilitating it can be. I also don't think that we are fully aware of how the vaccines work. Because in my naivety, I can understand it as if you are double vaccinated, then there is no way that you can carry the virus or pass on but that seems to be incorrect you you can still contract the virus if you have both vaccines but your chance of hospitalization from the virus is dramatically reduced and your chance of death if you've been double vaccinated is now almost non-existent but you can still pass the virus on so you could have both vaccines like myself get the virus show no symptoms pass it on that person did and now they're discussing a, a booster jag. They were going to get a third vaccine. Uh, and the third vaccine has to be different, a different vaccine from the vaccine that you received. Why? It's all mad now. And then obviously the, the discussion is well around the, the COVID passports. If I'm being honest with you, I don't, I don't really have an issue with it. I really don't. 
I, I've never really had an issue with these things at all. There was a there was discussions around ID passports when I was a bit younger as well, maybe like 18, 19, 20, around about that time. And even then, I thought it wasn't a particularly bad idea. Having all of your information available on one card, I didn't think that was a bad thing. The fact that I have two bank cards, two credit cards, I have a passport, I have a driver's license, uh, I have got a card which says I'm an organ donor. Uh, what else have I got in here? Uh, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Organ donor card, driver's license, credit cards, bank cards, um, business bank card. Obviously, I don't carry my passport with me, but I have a passport. I mean, it's 2021, for God's sake. That The idea that all of that vital information should exist on one central thing, I don't think that's a... I don't think that's a bad or a difficult idea to get your head around. And I know that people are like, but Gibble, that means that they've got all your information. What do you think's going to happen, man? The, the, the government's too busy out fucking murdering Wayne's and killing Russian billionaires. Do you think for a second that they're going to come round to your council house and fucking front you up for some crime? They don't care. This idea that the government wants to kill you, it's nonsense, man. Oh, this is all comes from fucking mad lefties writing for The Guardian and weird fucking uh, films that you find on a dodgy stick. It's no real. The government don't want to kill you, but they don't care if you die. And that is a very different thing. That's what people need to understand about the Tories. It's not that they want to kill you, it's that they don't care if you die. And that is two completely way different ways of thinking. They want you to live. They want you working. They need people to clean their houses, for God's sake. To drive the rent boys to the hotels. To bring them room service. To fucking clean the hotels. To bury the rent boys when they're finished with them. They need people to do that. And that's where we come in. But Boris Johnson and his mad cronies, they don't want to kill you. But they don't care if you die. So please remember that, England, when you go to vote next time. That, that would be my party political broadcast. <laughs> And now a party political broadcast from the Independent People's Republic of Gibson. How you doing, team? Alright, listen, uh, I'm not saying vote for me in this election because I'm not actually running. What I'm saying for is, don't vote for the Tories, know what I mean? Because here's the thing, they're not trying to kill you, right? They just don't care if you die, okay? So get out there and vote, all the best, cheer it by now. I guarantee you, the Tory party could run a campaign with Jacob Rees-Mogg coming out of one of his many fucking multi-room mansions. One of his castles. Have all his creepy wee fucking haunted children stand in front of him. And he go, hello, I'm Jacob Rees-Mogg from the Conservative Party. We're not trying to kill you. We just don't care if you live or die. Vote Conservative. And the English would still vote Conservative. Because all the sun has today is post a picture of a boat with people who look like they've got a fucking cracking tan or a darker complexion to a guy in fucking Essex drinking a pint of snake bite, having a fight with his bird and say that the RNLI is saving refugees and then they'll all fucking run and vote Tory again. It's simple. But the restrictions have been lifted in Scotland. <laughs>
there are a few companies now have now come out and said that if people are not double vaccinated, they they may. I mean, nobody has gone as far to say yet that someone will lose their job. But I know that there was a, a an IT or a telecoms company, uh, that Piccolo Plumbers, who he seems to get his snib and everything. In fact, did they have an article up on it here? Uh, here we go. British company. So, f- from what I understand is that no one has been fired yet or lost their job, but there are businesses saying if you are not double vaccinated, we will not employ you. Now, will they go a step further and? terminate people's contracts if they don't have the vaccines i don't know uh this is from the financial times believe it or not and i think this might actually be the very first time that we've uh, we've read an article from the ft on this podcast good god maybe we'll be getting sponsored by some highbrow uh businesses next i highly fucking doubt it british companies are looking to drop a no jab no job i like it contract for employees as the government admits that it was up to businesses if they wanted workers or customers to hold coronavirus vaccination passports. That's an interesting thing there as well about workers and or customers because I do think the current government that we have in the UK, uh, in the sense of Westminster, where Boris Johnson, the Conservative, they are very good at not making any decisions, but making it seem as if they are making decisions. For example, things like the COVID passport, they will put it out in the media that it's something that's been considered or spoken about, knowing fine well that they will never go through with it. And in the end, forcing individual customers or individual businesses to make that decision, which leads to ultimate chaos. Because in essence, you want a government is there to govern. You want to be governed by your leaders, by your elected leaders. And it's something as big as COVID and the discussion around passports, still no decision is made. So then you're going to get to a situation where there may be, for example, sports teams, holidays, nightclubs, bars, restaurants, all having completely different rules and regulations around COVID vaccines and a possible passport. There's already been a discussion about if you don't have both vaccines, you might not be allowed into sporting events, football matches. You might not be able to go to nightclubs. There are other nightclubs who have now turned around and says that you don't have to have both vaccines to, to come to the nightclub. There may be travel agents, there may be hotels who request or don't request how would you know? It's going to, it's going to throw everything up into the air. There's also uh, businesses out there as well who are now incentivising people being given the vaccine. So they're saying to them, uh, we may increase salaries or we may offer you benefits and bonuses if you have both vaccines. This is becoming even more of a disaster than it was at the start. Law firms said companies uh, ranging from UK care home operators to large multinational groups were considering employment contracts requiring new and existing staff, all new and existing staff, to have vaccinations once Britain's adult population has been offered jabs. Bojangles, Prime Minister, has said the government will not introduce domestic vaccine passports, an idea that raises many normal, uh, sorry, moral and legal issues. 
But on Tuesday, the vaccine minister acknowledged that some companies might press ahead with their own schemes. The vaccine minister said it's up to businesses what they do, but we don't yet have the evidence of the effect of vaccines on transmission. Uh, the minister told the BBC he had previously warned that the use of domestic vaccine passports would be wrong. Ministers are deeply uneasy because their fear that such passports could lead to discrimination amongst people who cannot or will not receive a COVID-19 jab. They want to avoid any impression that people are being coerced into getting a vaccine. I mean, I would imagine if you are a young person or an old person, you know, or someone who's just a no, just listen, imagine if you are a person and you are unsure or you have genuine concerns about getting the vaccine I, I don't have any concerns about it that's why I got it right I generally don't I, I don't buy into the school of thought that it's unsafe I don't buy into the school of thought that uh, it's not properly tested we are unsure as to what's going to happen I don't buy into that school of thought this is it's not basic medicine to produce a vaccine but the techniques the knowledge the understanding the theory of it has been around for years this is nothing new in creating a vaccine. It's just a new virus of which a vaccine has been created. The reasons the vaccine has been created so quickly and so officially, in my opinion, is because it's a man-made virus. It's not a mutation. It's not from fucking bats. It's not for somebody eating an uncooked cheeseburger in Wuhan. It has been made by man in a lab and released. There seems to be very little discussion around that. So I don't have concerns over it. The 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 woman who created the vaccine in the UK came out and says perfectly safe. I believe the woman. I believe the woman. Again, go back to the point. The Tories don't want you to die. They just don't care if you do. They're not purposely good to try and kill you. So I, I don't share it. I don't have those concerns. Some people do. I know that some people are genuinely worried about it. Some people don't want to put things in their bodies. Well, happily, it's not fucking six lines off the back of a dirty toilet. I don't have those concerns. But to come out and say that they don't want to put the impression that people are being coerced into getting the vaccine when businesses are out there offering fucking discounts for Uber. And I saw at one news article that businesses were going to offer people... Uh, money off like money towards delivery and stuff like that if they get the fucking vaccine and you're telling me they're not being coerced come on I'm not getting the vaccine man because I'm not putting anything in my body my body's a temple Franco my body's a fucking temple Franco and I'm not putting anything in my body that I don't know what it is what if I grow three legs eh what if I grow three legs and then they're like he's fucking semi three legs what's then going to happen then what if I can't have wings you know what I mean I want to have six wins in the next three years so that I can go on the door full time and get a council house. How else am I going to get in the property market without having six wins under the age of 25? Eh, you tell me. So I don't want a vaccine because I've heard that your boss swell up like grapes and then you can't fucking fire spunk and I want wins, right? So I'm not getting it. But what if we offer you £200 of delivery vouchers? Fucking jag me up, my man. People are being coerced my ass. Uh, the government is not planning to outlaw the use of domestic vaccine passports by companies, so again, no making any decision. But official, uh, officials expect the use of such documents to be tested in the courts. Companies must ensure their business practices are legal and don't discriminate against customers or employees, said one government official. 
this this in itself is, and I mean, I know I'm maybe stretching us a bit far here, but that's probably we're probably getting into quite murky territories here as to what employers can and cannot ask of their employees. I mean, if if the government is unwilling to 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 really make a stand on what you know at the, at the highest level, at government level to introduce vaccine passports or what the legislation around it should be. And they're quite happy to leave it to customers and employees and we bring it in to say that, you know, X number of businesses now require you have the vaccine. Is this going to be part of the interview stage, you know? Tell us some, tell us about a time, uh, Scott, when you were in a difficult situation and you managed to change someone's thinking around to your way of thinking yup great answer okay and can you tell us have you had all of your vaccines and your jags for mump measles and rubella you have great the job's yours I imagine people used to employ uh, people based on their character you know based on knowledge expertise no it's just going to be a case of uh, are you racist uh, no uh, have you had the jags I have. You start Monday. Do you want to ask me any questions about the job? Nope. Listen, I think you should know I've got a really bad coke habit. That's perfectly fine. As long as you're both jags. What, what are they going to ask for next? I mean, when's it going to stop? Because all there's going to be is it's going to be used as legal legislation in the future. It's going to be it's going to be used as a test case. If you if you enable businesses to request that someone has both vaccines before they will be offered a job where does it stop does it ask that you don't have uh any religious tendencies does it do you use this to discriminate against people's sexuality do people then put up adverts for jobs saying you've got your both vaccines you kind of like the bobby and uh, you need to be born uh a rangers man when does it stop? And I know that it's far-fetched. I know that you're probably sitting thinking to yourself, the way the world is now and how far we've come, you're never going to have a business who would discriminate on someone's sexuality, on someone's race, on someone's culture, on someone's upbringing. But did you ever think there would be a time when there's a chance that a business, a company, a job that you might want to do and you would be stopped from going for that job because you refuse to take a vaccine of a virus. If I'd said that to you five, ten years ago, you'd never have believed it. Never have believed it. But here we are, having this discussion. And I'm telling you right now, as much as people want to believe that there are good people and every business is great, I can guarantee you there will be a number of companies who will use that in other ways to victimise other people. And listen, I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? I mean, I, I, as much as the Tories don't care, you'll ever die. I have to say this. This is a comedy podcast. I'm a comic. I couldn't give a flying fuck about anything in life. Don't care about anything. Please believe me. I've had the vaccine. If you don't get it, I don't care. Good for you. But this has to be a, a warning. This needs to be a time when the fucking people who should be making these decisions step up and make the decisions. Because you can't have fuckers like pick a low fucking 
plumbers make the decisions of, well, you're not getting a job with this U-bend if you've not had a double vac, my man. But, mate, I can fucking clear out a 10-foot job with just my hands. It doesn't matter, brother. If you've not had the vaccine, piccolo plumbing is not a place for you. <laughs> oh. Most employers are wary of any mandatory requirement, most but not all, for staff to be vaccinated, which would mean handling sensitive medical data and could leave them open to legal challenges on discrimination. What did I just say? If workers refuse jabs because of religious belief, pregnancy, these are both all good points, or a health condition that could be constitute a disability based on the vaccine itself. I mean, these are these are. This is everything I just said. These are all these are all talking points that need to be considered. The music's playing, team. We've come to the end. We've come to the end of another exciting podcast. You've been listening to News Round. I've been your host, Fiona Bruce. <laughs> We didn't even talk about mangoes. We didn't even talk about mangoes or fucking no meat, mate. We didn't even talk about it or the new highway with the, with the fucking cycle. We never got a chance to talk about it because the music's playing and we're at the end. Right, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe on Apple, Acast, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Share it in your social media. Let people know about it. Get on the Patreon. New dates coming out. September the 3rd, East Kilbride, October 1st, Calern. October 8th, Townhouse Hamlin. October 10th, The Bungalow in Paisley. Buy tickets, bigscottgibson.com. Enjoy yourself, wash your hands and your arsehole. See you in the battlefield soon. Onwards. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.